Marvellous. Um, yes, we're here. We are talking about giving this week and talking about finances. And I know that inflation is quite high and stuff is costing more than it, more than it used to and things aren't cheap. And so I was looking in my cupboards before I came out and I thought we could really do with buying some groceries for this week ahead. You know, and so I thought, what does it cost? How much it is? And I thought, you know, 40 quid for Abby and I and Nathan, 40 quid would probably do this. So I was wondering, is there anybody who would now come up and give me 40 pounds in cash? Is there anybody who would be, Jonathan, would you go? Jonathan, come. What, 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 really? You have? Wow. Just, just, just like, just like wonderful. Do not spend it all at once. I won't spend it all at once. Thank you. It's so good. Thank the Lord. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Jonathan. Isn't he a kind and generous person? He's so, that's so, that's so thought, is, how, how thoughtful and considerate is it that somebody would do something like that? What possible reason would there be for somebody doing this? There are lots of reasons. One possible reason for doing it is that this is my money. But before the service, I found Jonathan and said to him, at the start, I'm doing a sermon illustration where I'm going to ask somebody to give me £40 for groceries. And here is my money. At that time, I'm going to ask you to come up and give back to me what I have previously given to you. Jonathan's response was, so if I keep this, then I'm, then I'm, I can just leave. And my response was, yes, absolutely. Jonathan was under no obligation at all to come up and give, give me back my money. But I'm so pleased that he did. <laughs> partly because this illustration wouldn't have worked, partly because I genuinely need to buy groceries, but mostly, mostly because he gets it, and it's people understanding the message. And I think this is the thing with generosity. It's about giving back to God what he has previously given to us. And I also find it interesting how much easier I find it to give money away when my attitude is that it's, it's not my money in the first place. Anyway, right, that's just a starter for 10. We're going to read from Philippians 10, sorry, Philippians 4, verse 10 to 19 which says this, um, uh, I rejoiced greatly in the Lord that at last you renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. I'm not saying this because I am in need, for I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need and what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living with plenty or in want. I can do all this through him who gives me strength. Yet it was good of you to share in my troubles. Moreover, as you Philippians know, in the early days of your acquaintance with the gospel, when I set out from Macedonia, not one church shared with me in the matter of giving and receiving, except you only. For even when I was in Thessalonica, you sent me aid more than once when I was in need. Not that I desire your gifts, what I desire is that more be credited to your account. I have received full payment and more than enough, and more than enough. I am amply supplied now that I have received from Ephroditus the gifts you sent. They are a fragrant offering, an acceptable sacrifice, pleasing to God. And my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of glory in Christ Jesus. Thank you very much. Yeah, today we're talking about giving. And if you were here last week, you would have heard Neil talk about the 
amazing vision of this church and what it is and what we're getting up to. He talked about youth and kids and alpha courses and training and community groups and people living life together, people involved with what we're doing together. It's, it's amazing. It's amazing to see how we as a little church family are impacting this town and this area for the gospel and the difference that you know Jesus is making through us and the work that we're doing. John Dutton isn't here because he's gone out to youth, but he runs Affinity on Friday nights. And I think on Friday they had 40-something young people. And largely speaking, they're getting this number or more for years. And these are these are young people in our town who are coming, who are getting the view and experience that God is fun and interesting and relevant. And as teenagers are going into these formative years of their life, and they're going off to university with that mindset inside them, I'm like, that is amazing. Who knows? Who knows where that's going to go in the future? It's incredible. Um, and like, yeah, oh, we're doing so much. In Kenya, we're feeding the hungry, both physically hungry in terms of food trucks and spiritually hungry in terms of theological training and mission strips. I gather there's a church out there that calls themselves Bethany Community Church. Yes, because of the impact and the support from us here. And this new building project, um, we've had prophetic words about Bethany having a home. It's a place for our, for our own. We've got a community hub in there, cafes coming into this, all this kind of stuff. And all these things, youth, kids, Alpha, John, building, Kenya, all this, from this group of people, this 100 or so people, sat in a church hall on a Sunday morning in February in a town of 40,000 people, halfway between Luton and St. Albans, the 126th biggest towns in this country. It's this people who are doing these things. We do an incredible amount. So literally, look around the room because these are the people. It's us. It's us who are doing these things and seeing the difference that God is making. And so many of us are heartily involved. Last week, Neil said that about 80% of the people that call Bethany their home church are involved with at least one team. Lots of people serve on multiple ones. So thank you. Thank you for what you're doing. Thank you to people who are getting involved, buying into what we're doing. And lots of people give financially too. I think we receive over 60 regular payments at the moment into the bank account from people giving and investing financially into what we're doing. And that's not just, you know, 60 individual people. That's family units. That's, that's all of us. That's all of us together investing what's going on. We're a family on a mission impacting this town, making a difference and a difference that we are not going to know about fully until we get to eternity. There is so much we are doing that we are not going to see yet. There's lots that, that we see that we are. There's lots that we see that we're not seeing yet. But amazing stuff. Praise the Lord. Which brings me back to this Bible verse. Um, so this was written by Paul, who was in prison when he wrote this. Um, and at this time, um, people in prison didn't receive any food or clothing or anything like this. They were reliant either on buying it to themselves or on getting it sent to them by other people. Um, and Paul, I doubt Paul had an lot of income. I mean, we know that he was a tent maker. I don't know if that's a particularly lucrative career, but I also know that missions trips aren't cheap. So therefore, I can expect that he was not awash with cash and so would have been reliant physically on gifts from people, from people sending to him. But he's rejoicing that at last the Philippians can renew their concern for him. Because they were concerned, but didn't need to show it. But the reason that Paul is celebrating not is, isn't because he ever felt in need, 
but because the Philippians shared in his troubles and he's seeing them working together and working with him and investing in what he's doing. In verse 17, he says that the gifts, in the, the gifts from the Philippians are a fragrant offering, an acceptable sacrifice and pleasing to God. And down in verse 19, he goes to promise that they'll receive reward for the donations, but not from Paul. Paul recognizes that the reward from this is not going to come from God. It's, it's not going to come from him, Paul. It's going to come from God. Not necessarily in the way that Paul would expect it or the way the Philippians would expect it, but let's see. And my point here, and my point with my illustration, sorry, the point with my illustration at the start, Jonathan, thank you, was that all of the resources are God's anyway. And my point with this second bit is how we should be partnering in what God in what God is doing. So moving on, um, just as the Philippians and Paul were partnering together, we we are partnering together to make a difference too. Um, we don't know what the aid that was sent to Paul looks like, only that it would have been, we don't, we don't know what was sent to Paul other than it would have been described as aid. It wasn't sent without risk, either in terms of being stolen or sunk on a ship in the Mediterranean on the way to Paul or whatever else it was, or possibly, possibly being intercepted or stolen. And we know that it would have cost the Philippians, be it through buying, physically buying the stuff with their hard-earned cash or making resources and that they would have liked to have sold but couldn't because they sent and gave it away. It's, it would have been sacrificial and it would have cost them to partner with him. But that's what Paul is thanking them for and he's celebrating because of what the people did and because of what they provided. And no, it wouldn't have been nice or comfortable for the Philippians and I think that's, I think that's part of the point is that it's not nice or comfortable. Um, people, people can ask, how much should I be giving? How much should I be giving to church or whatever else? And I think that's a difficult question, and I think it's different for different people. I think a, start, a good starting point is tithing, is 10%, which is a good amount of money. It makes it difficult to compare our lives to other people around us. Um, yeah. Because of those reasons. I think, I think it should be that if we look at other people on the same level as career and life at us who are earning the same amount of money as us, then I think our lives should look different. I think they should, they should look at our house and say, I could afford a nicer house than this. Or I could, I, I could, you know, I could go on better holidays or whatever else. I think, I think lives and following Jesus should need sacrifices and should cost. And it shouldn't always be easy. But this is what it costs, and this is what it costs to partner with God in what he's doing. So yeah, the first point is to partner with God in what he's doing. And the second point here is that giving should be difficult. It was difficult for the Philippians. I think it should be hard. It should, it should stop us to, cause us to stop and think. If it's too easy for us, if we can do it without, without it costing anything, then I would query if God wants more from us. And so, the, yeah, so this comes back to the illustration at the start again. Jonathan didn't earn the money that he gave me. He was given it. 
by me to give back to me, but that's a different point. Um, so God provides the skills that we use to work in our jobs. He provides the resources to do whatever we do in, do in life. He provides, you know, teachers to help us through education, job opportunities, people who we meet, both in terms of people in the room who've massively helped me with my life and people enjoying my career who've also helped me by introducing me to other people. Um, God puts people here. He gives us the air that we breathe each day before we thank him for it in order to bless in order to in order to give back to him it's not a it's not a you have to thank him for it and then you get access to oxygen he gives us everything and then it's us choosing what we what we choose to give back to him i think as well in society i find that it can be really easy to look at my um, job or income or resources or or whatever else, um, as a source of like security. But if we're reliant on those things, we're ultimately going to live our whole life in fear and insecurity, either that we'll lose this job or that that opportunity will go away or that that person will, something will happen to them. So the only way that it, you know, or that our savings will cover the in, inflation in rises in mortgage interest rates that's the word i'm looking at but ultimately if we are reliant on the things of this world then we're going to end up disappointed but if we have the mindset that it's all gods anyway then i think we can know that he has it and through all this uh yeah i'm really preaching to myself my background is a mixture of international missions trips that involve money being tight and trying to make make ends meet and there being a lot of temptation to Keep hold of what you've got and working in banking and financial services where an awful lot of people's quality and how people compare themselves to each other is based on their assets or watches or holidays that they go on or car or whatever else like this. So I know, I know, I know what it's like to be comparing yourself to other people, but it doesn't work. So, so this is, so this is my kind of end point that misses, this is my kind of third point that links very much to the first point too, that everything we have is God's anyway. So therefore, all we're going to do is give back to him from that. So yeah, so here we go. So we started with Jonathan's wonderful illustration. Thank you very much. That it is all good. All of this money, all of this resources are his anyway. Secondly, we're partnering with him in what we're doing with what he is doing. That's all we're doing is we're getting on board with God. Thirdly, giving should be sacrificial and it should make a difference in our lives. And fourthly, same as the first one, it's all God's assets anyway. So what we're going to do in a minute um, is, is take a minute to, is I'd love everybody in the room to think through what you're giving, why or whatever else like that, um, and see if you want to consider that change that, whatever else. Uh, but I also know that some sometimes finances and charities can be quite secretive it's not always publicly available information so therefore we have some faqs because who doesn't like an faq question in a sermon firstly um how much does bethany make and spend each year the answer over the last four years is about two hundred and fifty thousand pounds a year um that's slightly more now it was slightly less four years ago but that's roughly where it is um the biggest expense is our amazing staff the second biggest is rent for this hall the building for encounters and other events that we have, the office and things like that. And the third biggest goes towards um, charities and money that we give away towards third, third parties. Um, more financial information is available on the Charity Commission website. But if you have questions, 
come and ask me and I will tell you more. Um, secondly, this sounds like a lot. Um, well, well, it is, but it's all of us. It's all of us playing our part. It's all of everybody here getting involved and doing their bit. Um, yeah, all of the amazing things Neil talked about last week and I mentioned at the beginning are only possible because us in the room are putting our hands in our pockets and are getting involved with that. Giving varies wildly, but from person to person in the room. But what's important is the heart behind it and that we're giving back from what God has given us. Also, kudos if you noticed that this is an FAQ section and question two is not a question. Thirdly, um, um, I'm particularly interested in our particular ministry. Uh, can I give specifically towards that? Um, the answer is yes. Yes, you can. Um, but our preference would be that you would be that donations are received without tasks, ta- tags, without tags, without restrictions, purely because it allows the leadership to look at where the biggest financial need is within the within the budget, within the overall financial picture, and allocate resources accordingly. But if you're particularly passionate about anything, King's Pantry the new building, youth, whatever, come and talk to me about it. We'd love to, we'd love to do that. Fourthly, if I give more money, will Jesus love me more? Um, no, he already loves you so much, he thinks you are literally to die for. Next up, if I give more money, will Neil love me more? Um, no, Neil. No, Neil doesn't know how much anybody gives. Um, the main people who do are Chris Horn and me, because we generally look after the finances here at Bethany. We both have access to the bank accounts for financial management, paying invoices, whatever stuff like that. But no, Neil doesn't know how much anybody gives, other than him and Sonia. I assume. Um, secondly, if I, secondly, looking at Chris Horn and I, if I want to be on the finance team, is it a requirement that I'm tall? Um, no, no, we'll let short people join in too. I am, if you don't know Chris Horn, I'm the short one involved with finances at Bethany. I'm just the six foot seven. Seventhly, eighthly, Eighthly, this is my first week in church and you're talking about money. Um, Yes. Yes, we are. We're talking about money this week. And I know some churches have a reputation of just wanting people's money. And if you're in this situation, then please know that we don't do this very often. We tend to kind of point towards the offering baskets most Sundays. But apart from that, we don't talk about money giving particularly often. This is the second time since before the pandemic that we've spoken about money. So... Please know we're not just we're not just after your cash here. Um, the other thing to say in this is that my hope is that people who know Bethany and come and buy into this family and come and get involved in what we're doing know that how we live life matters, and live in community and doing stuff together and praying for each other and bringing meals around when people need it and all of this stuff, all of this involvement with each other and living life together matters. And finances matter as a part of that. But also, lastly, on this one, when I say we don't talk about this very often, um, if this is an early, if this is your first week, don't believe me. Come back next week. Eloise is talking. It's going to be great. 
Next up, um, can I leave this for a better time? Finances aren't great because of lots of different reasons. Um, from experience, again, there is never going to be a good time to look at your money and your finances and figure out how much you can be giving away. Um, my encouragement would be to look at the principles that I'm talking about, consider the message, look at everything, and ask yourself, what do you disagree with? And if not today, then why not today? Lastly, I'm massively stressed about money. Um, I'm listening to this talk, and I can't even afford to pay attention. How can I afford to, to give towards this too? Um, um, and for me, there's a big difference between it's not just a good time and when people are actually genuinely in financial distress or have big money concerns and big money worries about this. The thing I would say is... Early on in this talk, I talked about some of the different ministries and people who we support. One of them is called the Harpent and Money Advice Service, which is run by the wonderful Richard, who is in the building. But also, if you want to chat to him, then do Google it and find those details. Also, we're going to do something with the paper forms in a minute. If you write your name or email address on this and write HMAC, then when we pop them in the front and I get around to looking to them, over the next day or so, I will joyfully send your email on to Richard and we can have this kind of conversation. Absolutely. I don't think people should be giving out of, out of like a financial distress or investing more money financially than they can afford to do to. This is what they should be doing. So yeah, so here we go. So here are some of the big questions that we get asked or that I've been asked. And yeah, this is the trick. So what we're going to do now is have a chance to think this through and to live this out. Um, on your sheet, there would have been a piece of paper, which looks which looks something like this. Um, these are all pledges, so don't worry. I'm not going to take all of the money out of your bank account just if you fill this in. But what I would really encourage you to do is to do so. Um, um, if you could fill in your name and contact details at the top. And then we have options underneath. If you've got, if you don't have a regular gift and you would like to start one, then you could write in the first box, I'd like to start a new gift of however much you would like to give. Below that, if you already have one and you'd like to increase it, let's say you don't know how much you currently give or it doesn't really matter to you and you'd like to give an extra however amount of money each month, you can, take, you can circle buy, increase my regular giving buy, and then an amount in this box. Or if you know roughly how much you give or you want to bump it up to a certain amount, circle two, circle two, and then an amount afterwards. As well, you may want to give, you might be in a position that you either can't give regularly at the moment or that you do and you want to as well give a one-off gift, either in response to this message and what Neil said last week. Um, in which case, fill in the section at the bottom that says you'd like to do a one-off gift to them enough gift and I will be in touch with people and we'll go from there what I would encourage um, what we're going to do in a minute is we're going to have a little minute to kind of think about this and pray about this after which I'd encourage everybody please to fill these in come and when you're finished fold them up we've got a basket at the front over here another one over here please come and please come and pop it in these baskets and I will be in touch in due course um, yeah, we're going to have a couple of minutes now. Speak to your other half if you have one here and you need to consider these things. But please do what you can do. The other thing to say, I was encourage everybody, even if you leave the form blank, please, please come up and please pop it into these baskets because it's really weird if only four people are doing these things.
But yeah, but we're going to take a couple of minutes now just to think and pray, and we'll go from there. Um, yeah, Father, I thank you for um, what you're doing and that we have an opportunity to partner with us. I pray you, um, yes, bless us so much as we are thinking through this and that we as a little family will hear from you so clearly during this time. Amen. Amen.